0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. Whatever you may think of the theories about how much time Francis has left sitting on the throne of Peter, whether you think he's going to be around for a while, like I do, where he will be at least here for another year, or if you believe, like a growing number of people do, that he will probably end up resigning after the coming consistory, One thing is for certain, he hasn't let go of his antipathy towards traditional Catholics, especially towards American traditional Catholics like myself. Francis had some interesting words to say to the public about a group he's calling Restorationists, a term that I've never heard before, but one that he is clearly applying to those of us who want the same faith, as was taught before the disasters of Vatican II and the remaking of the sacraments in the church itself for this secular age. I believe that we should take his term and wear it as a badge of honor. Call yourself a restorationist. Don't be afraid of it. Today I'm going to compare what he said to something Bishop Athanasius Schneider said in his new book On the Council, and you can then make your mind up for yourself about which position is right, papa Papa Francis's position, or that of the traditionalist restorationists. Let's get into this. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons of this channel for their continued support of Return to Tradition. For like a dollar a month, they support the work I do here, helping to keep these messages coming. Allow me to give you those breaking news stories when they ha- pretty much when they happen at the drop of a dime, and their support is greatly appreciated. So if you wanna join in on that, you can click the join button below, or you can choose one of the options in the description box, including Subscribestar, which is a Patreon alternative. Patreon, or you can, there's a tip jar called Buy Me a Coffee. Click any of those options and you can send me a message to let me know, and I will add you to my early access list for the weekend videos and the occasional patron only thing that I do. Anyway, let's get on to the story today. Let's start with Francis, who never met a traditional Catholic that he liked. Francis is apparently so focused on traditional Catholics that he doesn't understand the problems in the church don't come from those of us who want to, the same faith as our grandparents. The problems in the church come from the quiet apostasy that's been going on for decades. Headline from the Catholic news agency Pope Francis, there are many restorers in the U.S. who do not accept Vatican II. I mean, he's not exactly wrong about that, but the problem is that he's not seeing that this goes well beyond the United States and reaches as far east as, say, Kazakhstan at the very least, and includes a few bishops who refuse to lie to themselves anymore about the state of the church and the sources of our problems. From the article, quote, Speaking to the editors of Jesuit journals, he criticized what he called restorationism in the church, which he defined as the failure to accept Vatican II, the ecumenical council held from 1962 to 1965. He said, restorationism has come to gag the council. The number of group of restorers, for example, in the United States, there are many, is significant. An Argentine bishop told me that he had been asked to administer a diocese that had fallen into the hands of these restorers. They had never accepted the council. There are ideas, behaviors that arise from a restorationism that basically did not accept the council. The problem is precisely this. In some contexts, the council has not yet been accepted. It is also true that it takes a century for a council to take root. We still have 40 years to make it take root. To doubt the council, he said, is, in the final analysis, to doubt the Holy Spirit himself who guides the church. End quote. He doesn't understand or or refuses to address the central thesis of the traditional Catholic movement, which is that the church was infiltrated by those from outside the church who then placed men of their choosing in the seminaries to change the church from within. We have testimony of at least two different figures who attested to doing this precise work before converting to Catholicism themselves, Marie Carey, author of AA 1025, Memoirs of an Anti-Apostle, and Bella Dodd, author of School of Darkness who both said they did this work on behalf of the foes of Christ and West during the years leading to the war. Their testimony is part of the historical record, and no one has debunked what they said. But Francis, in his talk, makes it absolutely clear that this focus is on the Church in America, and this broader restoration movement that he so opposes. He makes this clear in an excerpt that the Catholic news agency didn't bother to include, but the Jesuit publication La Cevillita Catolica did include in the full transcript. Here, Francis is asked about the German Sonata Way. I've been covering that topic for more than a year now, but the short version for those who are new to the subject is this. The church in Germany is on the brink of schism, if not outright apostasy. The bishops of that country are overtly rejecting the moral teachings of the church and have rejected the basic Christian notions of like ideas like, the, say, the inerrancy of scripture, especially what we call around here the Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit church topic and related activities. Francis here is asked about if he will intervene and what he thinks of what's going on. Remember how clear and unambiguous he was when talking about traditional Catholics in America. Listen to how he characterizes what's going on in Germany. Quote, To the president of the German Episcopal Conference, Bishop Botzing, I said, In Germany there is a very good evangelical church. We don't need two. The problem arises when the synodal path comes from the intellectual theological elites and is much influenced by external pressures. There are some dioceses where the synodal way is being developed with the faithful, with the people, slowly. What is happening is that there are a lot of pressure groups, and under pressure it is not possible to discern. Then there is an economic issue for which I am considering sending a financial team. To be able to discern, I am waiting until there is no pressure. The fact that there are different points of view is fine. The problem is when there is pressure. That does not help. I do not think Cologne is the only diocese in the world where there are conflicts, though. I treat it like any other diocese in the world that experiences conflict. I can think of one where the conflict has not yet ended. Arecibo in Puerto Rico has been in conflict for years. There are many dioceses like that. End quote. Traditional Catholics want the same faith as our grandparents. We want no secular accretions, no innovations, no Protestantization. Meanwhile, the German bishops reject essential elements of the faith give Holy Communion publicly to people who are not members of the church, many of whom believe blasphemous things about our Lord and our Lady. And he wants to send a financial team to help straighten things out for them while observing what it is they are doing before reacting after things cool down. Does that make any sense to you? What he said there means he's going to let the Synod of Germany finish its diabolical work before addressing the problems they've created in any meaningful way. That should tell you everything you need to know about what Francis is actually concerned with, preserving his precious revolution in in the church. And why is he concerned with that? Because he knows that growing numbers of Catholics are aware that something went tragically wrong in the church leading up to and after the council. No one is more aware of this than Bishop Schneider, who has a new book out called The Springtime That Never Came. Here Schneider tells us what what we and every Catholic needs to hear about the state of the church and 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 the sources of our current mess. From his book, We must conclude then that both John XXIII and Vatican II greatly misjudged reality. Man has increasingly gravitated toward the physical, the temporal, and the worldly. True progress, the progress of the soul that needs supernatural faith, was no longer discussed. I read the text of Vatican II, using a hermeneutic of continuity. It involved a lot of mental gymnastics. I did everything I could to turn off my reason, to avoid drawing definitive conclusions. That entailed being unfaithful to the church, I told myself. After the council, the slogan, the church of the poor, was announced. But the poor became even poorer, deprived of the greatest wealth previously available to them. Eternal life, grace, forgiveness of sins. The progressives outright robbed them of these gifts. I kind of wish more of the bishops would come out and speak forcefully on this issue in this way, but few do. Most of the better bishops give us this tired line about the council being improperly implemented, which is a, a really sad joke, considering the same men who passed the documents of Vatican II were then responsible for implementing the conciliar documents and policies, and they did it in a way that created the clown and bubble masses we see today. Schneider goes on and chastises Francis pretty openly for trying to change the church's teaching on the morality of the state, imposing the harshest punishment conceivable on an offender. Quote, The Pope has no right to change a teaching that is based on divine revelation, the teaching in scripture itself, both the Old and the New Testaments, and that has been handed down for 2,000 years in the church. This is a revolution and a rupture. End quote. Revolution and rupture is a clear way of describing the fruits of Vatican II and the entire post-conciliar period of the church, including, I hate to tell you this, all of its pontiffs. We've seen errors condemned by the church before the council, suddenly accepted by the council fathers and the pontiffs that came after the council, including religious liberty and international institutions that the church would never have involved itself in in the years prior to the council. You could not see Pius XII addressing the, addressing the UN. It just wouldn't have happened. Popes speaking before the UN and endorsing various secular values before world leaders happened with every pope since Paul VI. And none of the preconciliar popes would have done the same. Not a one. And yet Francis tells us that we who have the same faith as our forebears are the problem. It would be infuriating, except he said this numerous times in the past few years to the point where nothing he says on the subject is surprising to anyone anymore. Oh, and if you thought that was all, it gets better because We also have some of the voices for Francis, specifically in this case, Austin Evere, the professional Francis fan fiction writer who spends his off time going after his territorial parish that he's strictly speaking supposed to be going to. He took to Twitter and came up with this. You may have noticed that as people get ready for the Archdiocese of Washington to release its draconian elimination of the traditional Latin mass, People are talking openly on social media about going into the catacombs with secret and illicit Latin masses. And, well, it's people are, get, are taking notice of this, including Austin Ivere, who is close to Francis. And he is using his pulpit to declare anyone who does this schismatic. There you go. Be ready for it, folks. More of this is coming. I'm certain we're going to see more of this especially in the light of Archbishop Arthur Roach being made a cardinal to reward him for a job well done implementing Traditionus Custodis, especially with that responseus ad Dubia, which made Traditionus Custodis even worse. We'll see more attacks against the traditional faith and the traditional liturgy before Francis goes to his particular judgment. That is absolutely for certain. What do you think is coming next? Or should we just expect more words, just more words from Francis? Or should we expect something more concrete? Let me know what you think in the comments about all this. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And share these messages on social media, which helps a lot too. And you can find Return to Tradition on Facebook. There's a Return to Tradition Facebook group. There's a link to it in the description box below if you want to find it. It's not really a group. It's a page where I post everything. But a lot of good information gets shared there too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.